<clears throat> well, hello. My name is Amelia, and tonight on the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association, we will be discussing that timeless classic, the Academy Award-winning novel. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I meant to say film, The Hours. And tonight, I'm joined by three of next century's finest novelists. First. They could not reasonably be described as a wolf in sheep's clothing. <laughs> it's NATO. Hello, I'm NATO Kitch, asshole, award-winning person, published author, and according to this trophy I found at Goodwill, most improved soccer player 2017 to 2018 grade 10. And I'm excited to tell you about my new book. Oh, actually, hold on, wait, yeah, that reminds me of this one time. A book where I accept sure, to recall sure, the time I'm sure, I met Snoop I'm sure, dear NATO, that your book is just lovely and the memories <laughs> attached, but we must move on. Next up, I suppose they could one day start their very own uh, Dead Poet Society. <laughs> oh, it's Ro. Hello, my name is Ro, and I am the author of the new book, Those Unending Days, a book where a man reaches the age of 21 and realizes suddenly that the rest of his life shall be the same day over and over and over until he dies. Fun stuff! Sounds, uh, <laughs> sounds almost as cheerful as the uh, film we are about to discuss. Oh, yes. Speaking of which, the hours. Oh, the hours. This is the name of the film about Mrs. Dalloway, Virginia Woolf's most famous novel, with an all-star cast that includes Nicole Kidman, Julianne Moore, Meryl Streep, John C. Riley, Tony Collette, Alison Janney, and even Claire Danes from Romeo plus Juliet. In the hours, we see a day in the life of three women in three different times. Virginia Woolf in 1921 as she writes her novel and struggles with her mental health. Laura Brown, an American woman in 1951, pregnant with her second child and suffocated by life as a housewife, she has been reading the novel. And finally, Clarissa Vaughn, an editor in 2001 New York City. She is throwing a party for her ex-lover and close friend, Richard, who has just won an award and is dying of AIDS. She is the novel. Okay, she's named after it, and her day is basically playing out as Mrs. Dalloway's does in the original work, but, like, y'all get what I mean. <clears throat> and now, yes. mandatory, go watch this if you haven't seen it. Spoilers ahead. Also, trigger warning for mentions of suicide. <clears throat> Thanks All for right. breaking immersion, Amelia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia did it first, so I don't have to do the accent anymore. <laughs> I'm stuck doing it. <laughs> Oh, God, All right. no. Somebody so slapped NATO. <laughs> my dear compatriots, what did we all think of this film? How um, how do you measure measure a year? <laughs> how do you measure an hour, you mean? How do you, how measure, do you measure a day? How do you measure a day, uh, the a hours? day in the life of a woman or a man? <laughs> I'm sorry, we just did an episode on rent, and so it's going to be like this for a while. <laughs> How, how do you measure the hours? <laughs> um, with lots of prescription pills, apparently. <laughs> I, I uh, uh, getting real, actually, 
Um, uh, the Hours, the movie, it, it's really good. <laughs> Verily. Um, chip, chip. You could tell, tell they had a, a, a big budget, and you could tell that they knew where to spend it. I.e. Entirely it on all the cast. to Mer- Meryl Streep. <laughs> there are so many good performances in this movie. I'm a, I'm kind of shocked it only got to one Oscar, and that was for Nicole Kidman's nose. <laughs> well, Nicole Kidman did win an Oscar, and she also won a BAFTA, and she also won a Golden Globe for like she was she won a lot of awards for this movie. A lot, yeah. A lot. It's, like, the n- it's the nose, I'm telling you. <laughs> the prosthetic nose did bother me. I was like, why? The prosthetic why? nose. Why? Nicole Kidman s- has such a cute nose anyway. Like, but- it would have not taken me out of the moment to be like, oh, well, this doesn't look exactly like Virginia Woolf, but you know what did take me out of the moment? The prosthetic nose. Well, you know what they say, right? Like, you know, to really get into... Like, if you look at Nicole Kidman, you've seen Nicole Kidman, but, you know... The one thing I associate with Virginia Woolf whenever one says her name, it's not her amazing writing, it's not her, you know, feminism, or her, like, personality, or anything like that. It's her nose. So if they didn't get the nose, then, you know, what do you, do you have? It's like, they didn't even nose her. Amelia, Amelia, sidebar, sidebar. <laughs> Amelia, come over here I'm, real quick. I'm shaking my head right now. <laughs> Amelia, sidebar. What's up? What's up? Um, What's up? uh, (laughs) We need to find NATO's reset button. (laughs) He's stuck. (laughs) I I think he's stuck. (laughs) It's all right. Reset button. (laughs) I'm I'm stuck on my British accent as well. No, Um, (laughs) Speaking speaking of Virginia Woolf's politics. One criticism I have come across in regards to this film is that some people do not feel as if this film did justice to Virginia Woolf's politics or her sexual orientation. Would you all agree with that or disagree? Discuss. (laughs) Um, I have to preface this by saying that what I know about Virginia Woolf I read today on a a very long Wikipedia article. (laughs) Um... I feel like they did a good job of nailing, like, the heavier themes in the book. I I honestly can't speak that much for the autobiographical portions. I really can't. But the parallels that are with the book... With the plot of the book and this and the themes of the book, I think are really nice, because the book does talk about like um, mental health discussion and like and care and uh, existential fear and dread, and I think the movie kind of deals with that really well. I think that it's kind of hard for us to really like, you know, uh, no, but no, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't take you seriously. I mean, I'm British, so obviously I'm serious all the time. So, uh, it's kind of hard for us to really 
d- distinguished. I don't think any of us have really read like an autobiography of her. We aren't really like you know, hip with the wolves, you know, as as one would say. <laughs> uh, but like from from what I've read, like um, the main thing that people ha- seem to take issue with uh, when it comes to her personality. Uh, is kind of like, they're like, oh, Nicole Kidman, like, plays her so moody, or, you know, uh, oh, you know, she really did, like, have this connection with her husband, even if it was asexual, and she was mostly having affairs with women, and her husband was mostly having affairs with other women, they were still kind of, you know, soulmates in a way, and they were very supportive of each other, which I think somewhat comes out, but it's like, it, we're getting like a slice of every single one of their lives in in a sense, and I think that it's really hard, since this isn't like a straight biography of Virginia Woolf, to go into every minute detail. So I think for the time they had, they did a good job. There's only so much content that you can cram into a single day, which is effectively what this movie is: is a single day in the lives of three different women. You could right? you could say this movie knows what it is. Uh, and it is a story of three women who are connected through themes and through a sort of narrative. That's all I got. Oh. Hooray! <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean that. <laughs> it just came out. <laughs> That's what we call a Virginia slip. Uh, so one... Oh, Lord. So one thing I will say in regards to that commentary is that oh no, uh, the most important themes of Virginia Woolf's body of work, which I too have only recently become familiar with a few hours ago from a very long Wikipedia article. Barely. Um. And I think really the uh, the underlying thread that tied this film together was, in fact, the commentary that Virginia Woolf was making with Mrs. Dalloway, her novel that this is based on, which is the trapped feeling of being a woman in the 1920s in England. <laughs> yes. Um, what, what are y'all, y'all's take, what are you twos's, how would a British person <laughs> say y'all? <laughs> what, what are you two chums takes? <laughs> they say y'all in the south of England. <laughs> Do they? No! Oh, I don't know! You just have to say it with a more cockney accent, I. You sound like a bad oh Arnold God. Schwarzenegger impersonation. This is the episode that gets us cancelled. Um, what, what are both of your takes on the feminism and how it is presented in this movie, the feminist so, themes? What, what about you, Amelia? This movie came out, like... Almost 20 years ago now, I think. Almost Jiminy exactly Cricket. 20 years ago. <laughs> so, do you think anything has changed? Oh, you're good. Do you think 2022 women still feel trapped in society? I mean, 
why don't you ask the Supreme Court and their overturning of Roe versus Wade? <laughs> mm, I would, but they're not here, so I'm. Not <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean. Yeah, I think lots of women probably still feel trapped. Like, we've got, you know, an upswing of things like the Christian patriarchy movement and, like, fundamentalist Christianity. Uh, You know, abortion rights are getting stripped right and left. Um, We're freer than, like, say, you know... Uh, Julianne Moore was in the 50s. <laughs> but oh, by leaps and bounds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can have a credit card now and divorce our husbands, so... <laughs> we, can, we can own property and vote. <laughs> you can divorce your husband in the 50s. It was just called murder. <laughs> we, can, we can inherit our father's estate. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Um, I think, honestly, the strongest part of this movie for me is how that feminism narrative ties into the discussion about mental health, right? Yeah. Like, all these societal pressures to look and perform and act and be have kind of weighed heavy on these women in, like, very similar and yet completely different ways. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I... I'm thinking... I'm thinking of the, like, Meryl Streep, like, collapsing in the kitchen, mm-hmm. right? And trying to, like, she she sees herself as such this, like, giving and, like, I am, here I am, I am here, sort of, like, I am so giving of myself to you kind of person that she doesn't, like, ever take the time to think about herself and when she does, she kind of just, like, collapses, right? There's there's, like, this much pressure on her to, like, be and perform and do and act. Just like with all the other two women. Yeah, not not to mention, you know, uh, Julianne Moore, like, literally dropping her child off at the babysitters to go make a plan to unalive herself, which, by the way... I want to know how they flooded that bedroom because I that don't... scene was that scene was beautiful. My oh notes God. are just like, holy shit, how did they do that? <laughs> I want to, did they drop the room into a pond? Like so and she seems so she seems so calm like during that too. Like here's what I imagine happened. They okay, and like this is totally like off topic or whatever. But, like, this is the way I would do it. I would build the room on top of a tank of water and have a big grate underneath the bed, right? 
and then you line the rest of the underneath the bed with the seaweed that flows out, right? And then you have like a hydraulic lift or press just come up from underneath that pool of water and basically force it all out of the grate. That's how I would do it. But that would cost a lot of money, so I'm sure they did it like another way. Oh, see, that's but how that's I how I they had do done it. it. It's either for that, or I they just like... built like the, they just built the room inside of like you know like a pond or some not a pond but like you know like a swimming pool as you Americans call it, uh, <laughs> you know, and then they just had like they just <laughs> what do British people call it, NATO? <laughs> a pond. <laughs> Uh, and then they just like pulled, basically they have it like submerged into water and they just like pulled it out instead of like pressing it down. Um, and then just let it fill that way. That it's either, I think it's either one of those two things. Um, well, however they did it, that scene was beautiful. Absolutely. And like touching and very like, very <clears throat> emotional. This movie is very visually like interesting. Um... Especially, like, how diverse it is between the different time periods. Like right. The color scheme, the aesthetics, the buildings, the saturation of colors um, are all, like, different enough so that you could instantly and distinguish like between them. some things. They do this thing a lot where they take objects that are in the foreground and they kind of, like, fuzz them out. Like, the details on, like, Richard's little skull cap, right? The lettering on the skull cap, you never are quite able to see, even when he's standing really close to the camera. Like, it's these little things that make you, like, the whole movie feels a bit like, like a dissociative state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, the whole thing just exists in this kind of state of, like, existential panic and dread. As which someone is kind who... of an aesthetic that I really dig. <laughs> As someone who was recently literally just diagnosed with hysteria, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I can very much identify with a lot of, sort of, like, the feelings that this movie has. And sort of, like, the overall feeling that it gives you, like, visually watching it. It's almost like a daze. Like, you're on the same medication that Ju- uh, Julianne Moore is on, in a way. To, like, keep her the perfect housewife. Or, like, Richard, you decided to take the... The... the um, what did he say? At the end of the movie, it was Xanax and some Ritalin and Xanax at the same time. That is a trip, I will tell you. Um, <laughs> do not do it without your doctor's permission for legal purposes. Uh, <laughs> but no, like I think I think a lot of people that have been, um, you know, on medication have had that sort of like that experience of just like. Not so much, you know, overdosing or anything, but, like, you know, just, like, when when that ADHD or, you know, bipolar medication hits you just that way, that gives you that bit of mania. And, like, I've been there. I've, like, tore things apart because I was, like, I have this amazing idea for my life and how to turn it around, you know. Um, I very much identify it with a lot of this movie. <laughs> And I didn't, 
And it's weird because when I first watched it in college, I remember not liking it that much. But I guess, like, as an older person um, in my 30s, which is, like, gay 60s, uh, like... I, I, true. I, I very, Why is that so true? <laughs> very much identify with a lot of the emotions and the uh, instances uh, that the characters have to get through. Right. It's, it's interesting when you come back to things with a little bit of life experience, like how much your perspective changes. Absolutely. Like... like Honestly, like, you would assume, like, because you change fairly slowly as a person, it doesn't usually come all at once. Change is a kind of slow thing. Um, so, but it sometimes it comes so slowly that you don't see it or you don't even think it's happening. And then when you do something like go back to a movie that you didn't think you like, or like go back to a food that you haven't tried in 10 years or something like that, just how, how much a little bit of life experience <laughs> will absolutely change the way you look at things. Hi, man. <laughs> what do you think, Amelia? Long story short, everybody go try broccoli. Just do it. You'll like it. It's not bad. <laughs> um, so for me, as somebody that uh, does actually like s- have some levels of uh, dissociation that happen often because of some CPTSD issues. Um, <laughs> thanks, mom and dad. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I. The, the pacing of this movie and the constant, like, state of existential crisis also spoke to me and, like, was so relatable to me. <laughs> I, I thought it was so well done. I thought just, like, this movie, like, conveyed, like, kind of this dissociated, like, suffocation so well. I was really impressed by that. Um, yeah. I'm kind of <laughs> curious now. Uh... So <laughs> we've seen a lot. Of... <laughs> we've had the, we've had the tab. Uh, let's add pair pace. Uh, do, do you think this is more of like a, a stereotypical uh, lesbian pair pace compared to like portrait of a lady? I, cannot, I don't even know <laughs> I what you're saying. I cannot understand a single word you're saying. <laughs> I heard something about lesbians. I think. <laughs> Which, yes, this movie is very, very gay. Saying? It starts off with a letter and a river and, like... <laughs> Nato, I'm begging you, between this and the British accent, please go back. Please <laughs> go back. Okay. Uh, so I'm so sorry, Ro. Is... I'm so sorry. I didn't know what I was doing. Amelia, Amelia, sidebar, sidebar. <laughs> what's up, what's up? We, we really got to find that reset switch. <laughs> Uh, do you think? No. Oh no. <laughs> He's uh, gone full French. Do you think that this compared to a portrait of a lady on fire 
is more or less of what we traditionally uh, think of when we uh, think of lesbian pure pieces. Was that last part um, lesbian I period no, pieces? I wasn't on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I will remind you all for the 15th time. Was that lesbian period pieces? Was that the... Yeah, yeah. Wee wee. Let me, let me, let me translate. Um, How do you think this movie compares to Portrait of a Lady who is currently on fire um, when it comes to period pieces about lesbians? I think this movie had a lesbian tone to it, but I mean, there wasn't truly like any... Lesbian longing in this film is not what I would say, right? Because Virginia Woolf, we don't even see her with any of her lovers. Um, Laura has that kiss with Tony Collette. Wonderful, Tony Collette, that is. Tony Collette was great. Um, and Meryl Streep is in a lesbian relationship, but like. There's no longing between the two lesbians. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's like a movie with lesbians in it instead of a movie about lesbianism. Yes, exactly. Like, the lesbianism is incidental and is involved in the story only in as much as the story is about existing as a woman. Yeah. Kind of like Spider-Man turn off the deck. Oh my god. Good lord. <laughs> How has Spider-Man turned off the dark about existing as a woman, NATO? Can <laughs> 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 Spider-Man turn off the dark, the ultimate trans story, and I just didn't know? Did Peter Parker get bitten by a spider and turn into a lesbian? It's about existence. I want that Spider-Man movie, though. Like, (laughs) low-key. Okay, audience, audience, sidebar, sidebar. It's like the songline lyrics go. I am not... I am not a girl, not yet a (laughs) Spider-Man. Audience sidebar, you'll have to forgive Nato, he's on one tonight, I don't know what this is about. Can you imagine that outrage from Fox News and everyone else on the right if they made a trans lesbian spider woman? Oh my god. I'd be behind Could that. Could you imagine? I would, I would just like go outside and collect tears like raindrops and feast on them, it would be beautiful. This is... This is not the episode I thought we would have this conversation on, but I am here for it. <laughs> Trans lesbian spider woman. <laughs> and her girlfriend, trans lesbian woman spider. Oh god, it's beautiful. They go and fight crime together. Yeah, and then afterwards they make love and woman spider bites off spider woman's head. It's really romantic. <laughs> What are we talking about again? <laughs> We're obviously talking about hit 2002 Oscar-winning film, The Hours. <laughs> you know, when we make
make this movie. We're gonna cast Meryl Streep as the aunt in Spider Man in in honor of the fact that this conversation is what inspired it. <laughs> is she, why does Meryl Streep have to replace Marissa Tomei? Marissa Tomei is amazing. I. I didn't know she was in the Spider-Man movies. I've never actually oh, seen yeah, one except Marissa for the... Oh, yeah, Marissa plays Aunt May in the, in the new Marvel Spider-Man movies. Oh, yeah. I only saw the Tobey Maguire one. Uh, <laughs> the third one with Topher Grace. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not the episode I thought we'd be having this conversation <laughs> on. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for Moody and... Like, uh, uh, oh God, what's his name? Toby Maguire. No, Toby Maguire is the one in Broke Mac Mountain. Who? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> They're the same person. Back to back yeah, to Moody Hair. Back to Jake Gyllenhaal. Back to the hours, though. Speaking of this dissociation oh and this this uh, this dragging of time. <laughs> one thing that's interesting in this movie is how they distinguish between the different times. <laughs> Sorry, this is a really serious movie, you guys, we promise. Very, very serious. Oh. <laughs> oh I think this is better. I'm not sure. I'm getting back to England. <laughs> kind of a roundabout way. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't anymore. <laughs> my, <laughs> what was the question, Amelia? <laughs> my plane had a detour. <laughs> How they distinguish between the time. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's it's really nice. <laughs> um uh yeah, the uh, uh Virginia Wolf lots of earth tones. Uh, Nicole Kidman looks good in earth tones. She has red hair naturally, so, you know, earth tones make her, like, look n- nice. Um, <laughs> Julianne Moore, uh, lots of sepias. Uh, that's cool. Uh, uh, there are also a lot of blues. <laughs> like, there was the blue cake. Um, yeah, se- sepias and blues and browns. Uh, uh, pretty neat. <laughs> um, and and then uh, Meryl Streep, lots of uh, grays and blacks. It's really cool. <laughs> Love the aesthetic. <laughs> um, <laughs> Actually, I, I think everyone sorry, is white I'm in this so film. I'm so fixated on Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, no, I think everyone in this movie was uh, Caucasian. <coughs> what? Excuse me. No grays. No grays. <laughs> what? <laughs> No, the oh act- my- oh, all the actors and actresses. I just kind of that's realized. Not I, that's not what I was talking about, but okay. <laughs> I, I know, that's just where my mind went. I'm not, I may have forto- forgot to take my medicine today, so that's on me. <laughs> so, it's a me, Nato, without the medicine. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> hey, what's the deal with the hours? Hey. <laughs> Amelia's fault. Everybody blame Amelia for this. Mess. What? Also, oh, you're just gonna scapegoat, scapegoat, and blame blame the non-white person. I see how this goes. I see how this goes. Yeah, I'm a scapegoat and straw man and son of a bitch. 
<laughs> Next question. Um. <laughs> All right, so let, let's talk about the musical score for this movie. Um, I, yeah, I'd love to pull it back to this. <laughs> yeah, but let's talk about I, the musical score for this movie. It is Phil Glass. Um, yeah, I actually Philip don't Glass. know anything about Phil Glass except that I see his name a lot. I think y'all know better. Philip Glass is a minimalist composer, and he's really famous for composing these really kind of short, repeating, melodic lines that have, like, kind of up-and-down movements across chords. All right. Um, and he he's made a big, big name for himself writing music in this style, and it really fits this movie, I think, because it... The, the movie is is serious and heavy, but at times it can feel kind of sedated. And the soundtrack, which is like textbook Philip Glass, just brings this sense of like underlying anxiety to the movie because it's always kind of moving forward and pulsing away. Aye, and it uh, didn't even really need to do that either because like the uh, acting's just so good. Uh, Philip Glass, also known as a relative of NPR's Ira Glass, um, is just like his score very much just kind of it lets it lets the actors and actresses' performances just like breathe while not while like hitting like the impacts where it needs to. It's it's very he's very his score is very complimentary. In my opinion. By the way, if you're listening to this and you know who Ira Glass is and listen to this American Life, like, hi, baby. How did you get here? <laughs> Welcome. Have some cake. <laughs> Ira Glass, famed anarchist, you know. Um, I actually did not know that they were related. That's really cool. Philip Glass Wait, actually they're related? Appeared, yeah, Philip Glass actually appeared on an episode of This American Life where they discussed it. Like, they're, they're distant, like, relatives. They aren't, like, they are, they're, like, second cousins or something. But oh, they kind okay. of, like, joked about it. That's uh, still pretty neat, though. It is. Um, the, the, the cool thing about having Philip Glass compose the score of your movie is that, like, from anywhere, at any moment, you could just hear, like, a men's choir go, Goyanis Katsio. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, nobody would say anything. <laughs> yeah, Philip Glass famously did the score for Goyanis Katsio, and if you haven't seen that... Um, first of all, I don't blame you. It's kind of a trip. <laughs> what movie? He doesn't blame um, you. It's kind of a trip. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's kind of a trip. Koyaniska, <laughs> I need to watch this. Koyaniska, did you look it up? <laughs> I'm looking, yeah, I thought, I thought you said something about Clay. It's like, Koyaniskatsky? Koyaniskatsky. Yeah, Kiana Scotsy. There we go. Oh, yeah, it's, it's Hopi. Okay. Yeah, it's oh, a it's awesome. a trip. 
we don't have to spend the time talking about it now because we could spend this time talking about uh, the hours. Yeah. Um, critically acclaimed Oscar winning movie, The Hours, or with uh, all with all critically, the critically, critically acclaimed, acclaimed Oscar winning actors and actresses. <laughs> Or we could talk about critically acclaimed Oscar-winning movie Kiss of the Trans Lesbian Spider Woman. <laughs> how, how, many, how, how many actresses in, uh, in this that have won Oscars is what I've lost count of. Alison Jenny won for I, Tanya. Nicole Kidman won for this movie. Meryl Streep won for everything she's ever been in ever. Uh, Julianne Moore. <laughs> this is true. Did she win an Oscar? Did Julianne Moore? I don't know. Has Julianne Moore won an Oscar? It feels Let's like she ask has. Google. Everyone, Did rush. Julianne Moore win an Oscar. Academy Award for Best Actress in a Leading Role. Yes. For? Um, I have to read more first. <laughs> Let's um, see. Awards, action credits, and awards. Here we go. Still Alice. This was in 2014. I've never heard of this movie. What is this? Anyway, we're like way off topic. Margot Margot Martindale is in this, known for her role as Margot Martindale in Bojack Horseman. Um, Tony Collette is in here, known for every A24 film that your best friend that is really annoying about A24 films knows, uh, and a lot of other great movies. Um, John C. Riley is in this movie. I always yes, forget John how C. Riley playing the dopey husband again, yet again. I love John we C. Love Riley, it. but we I really agree with it, your note like... about. <laughs> John C. Riley always tends to get typecast as the dopey husband if he's not being, like, intentionally comedic. Which I think is kind of a shame, because I feel like his dramatic chops are, like, up there. And, like, most, like, comedic actors really do have, like, solid dramatic chops. Like, Adam Sandler has, like, solid acting skills. Mm -hmm. Jim Carrey, we know, is amazing. Like, it doesn't surprise me that John C. Riley can, like, show up in a film like this and really hold his own in the on-screen yeah. time that he John has. John C. Riley is great. A, I'm going to make a joke. This is not serious. Uh, John C. Riley is good at two parts. The dopey husband in serious movies like this in Chicago or the dopey best friend in every single Will Ferrell movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um... Also, would like to say that apparently Toni Collette also was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for The Sixth Sense. As she should be! So, and Ed Helms movie. is in this movie, too. Mm-hmm. So pretty much Who, everyone in this film has been like nominated or won an Academy Award. <laughs> Except for one person, the child. That little kid. <laughs> Ed Helms, by the way, did an amazing job in this movie. Like, my God. The, the scene with him sitting on the windowsill at the end of the movie, like, it, it, it's a gut puncher. Yeah. Like, congrats Wait, not, to you, Ed Helms. It's not Ed Helms. taking it seriously. I love, I love how that yeah, played out, honestly. That, that was like, I... So that I've never seen The Hours before today. Wow. I, but, um, it. I love how that ended up playing out, how Virginia Woolf is... 
Uh, you know, somebody has to die in this novel. It's not going to be the main character. Oh, no, that's Ed poet. Harris. Sorry, Ed Harris. And then in was, the... Was I right? Did I say the wrong name? You said Ed Helms. Oh, I'm sorry. Ed Harris. <laughs> I was Please. like, he's not the guy from The Office. Daily Show, Daily Show <laughs> correspondent Ed Helms. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's, it's one of the famous Eds. <laughs> I... I th- let's see. I'm I know so him. sorry. <laughs> it's one of the two Eds in Hollywood. Uh, this <laughs> All is right. the best All right. episode ever. Bring it back around. Bring it back around. <laughs> I think. I think we're to the point. In in this lovely podcast, what did we all think? What's the final I'm, verdict? Um, I'm sorry, Nato, I'm fucking delirious right now. <laughs> oh, you're all good. Nato, would you recommend this movie or would you rather stare a dead bird in the eyes while you feel the moments drag on in an adulterated monotony? Ooh. I'm going to steal Rose's uh, prepared joke. Ah, this uh, uh, movie was uh, uh, worth the hours it took to get through it. Aww. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I uh, uh, really uh, in- enjoyed this movie and... I would watch it again. I think that it's grown on me since I first viewed it. Um, and I think that I appreciate, appreciate it a lot now. And I can't wait to see what I think about it, you know, in a decade from now when I'm gay 90 uh, in age. <laughs> gay All 90. Right. Ro, would you tell others to watch this, or would you rather watch time march endlessly onwards? Who, me? I'd gladly watch this movie again. Uh, This movie's great. Um, All right. It's like an hour 50, so, like, if you can't sit still for long movies, like, I feel sorry for you, but also same. But But it's great. (laughs) But it's worth sitting down to watch and, like, to work through and feel through. And I can see why it has received so many accolades and why Nicole Kidman won so many awards for it, honestly. Because she perf. All right. Well, that's what we think, but if you've seen this movie or end up watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts or your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at GayEcapod. That's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, why not suggest a movie for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for more suggestions. We can't wait to experience more movies with you. Bye. Or as they say in the UK, cheers, mate! (laughs) I feel like... I feel like this podcast, in true Virginia Woolf form, has turned into an unadulterated stream of consciousness vomit on the page. <laughs> Don't you? Chop, chop, terror!